0: Father, we just love you this morning, and we thank you, God, that that we know that we can come to the altar, God, that you're waiting there for us, God, no matter what's happened in our lives, no matter what we're going through, God, that you're waiting there with open arms, with grace and forgiveness, and Father, I pray this morning, if there's those in this room that need to come, I pray, God, that they would be compelled to be drawn to you, to come to you, and deal with things in their life, God, we just love you, we thank you that you are exalted over all. We give this service to you and pray that you're honored through it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Man, it brings a lot of joy to my heart to get to worship the Lord with you each Sunday. What a great time. Repeat after me. The Word of God. The Spirit of God. The people of God. Is all we need. And we need each desperately. All right, let's try it again. Repeat after me. Everybody ready? You might want to write it down. The Word of God, God. the Spirit of God, God. the people of God God is is all we need, and we need each desperately. We have the Word of God right here. We have the Word of God. We have the Spirit of God, and we have the people of God. Look around, look at the people of God. Take a look. You got pretty ones, ugly ones, short ones, fat ones, tall ones, short ones. They're all around. Let's say it together. The Word of God. Say it with me. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of God is all we need and we need each desperately. Now, if you are a leader in the 9.30 Bible study hour, would you please stand? Would you please stand? Thank you. Thank you. If you're a leader in the 9.30 Bible study hour, would you stand? Now, if you're not connected with God's people in a small group and you need it desperately, you need God's people desperately, You need God's people like you need God's Word and God's Spirit, okay? Look around and see these folks, and after service today, you make a beeline to them, and you ask them questions. Where they meet, what they teach, where they are at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. Now, look around. Turn the lights up as loud as they'll go, please, Joe, so everybody can see good. Loud, loud, loud them lights, brother. Now, you see people all around. The Holy Spirit is quickening your heart to that teacher. Now, if you're a teenager, those guys are there. we got different kind of age groupings, not really, but sort of. But the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to a group, okay? All right, now, say with me, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, The people of God is all we need, and we need each desperately. Thank you. Thank you all. All right. Now, if you're a connection group leader, a connection group are small groups that meet in homes throughout the week. And what they do is they take the pastor's lesson or the teacher's lesson from here and they discuss it, they teach it, they revisit it, and it's a time in people's homes, some have meals together, others have coffee together, others just meet together and and just, and just just enjoy the people of God and allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to do a work in people, to grow people, to help people. You never know where you're going to need God's people. My good friend Jordan Smith received a phone call this week that his mom has been diagnosed with a very bad cancer. Now, when I went to the hospital, God's people were there with him. God's people were there with him. I was saddened that I know it's probably too far away for his brothers, but, but his, their, God's people wasn't with them. Maybe it was, it just wasn't at that particular time. But I rejoiced when I walked away that Austin Stockton, one of God's people, was there with Jordan. can't imagine receiving that kind of phone call. We need God's people. Do not take for granted God's word, God's spirit, or God's people. So if you're a connection group leader and you meet throughout the week and they're about to start meeting again this next week, would you stand? Would you stand if you're a connection group leader? All right, back here at the back, we've got uh, uh, Boyd, Brian, and his wife. Wonderful, Greg Mendenhall, Kevin Elder, and we've got some others aren't here. We got Stevens right there, Corinne's right there. We've got uh, Ken and Cindy right there, and, and Annie, Bob, and, and, and Lindsey, Bob right there, and we got others as well. Holy Spirits, putting you to You don't want to go to Sunday school at nine thirty? Okay, we've got groups that meet throughout the week. Every home needs to be full. Every home needs to be participating with each other. We need God's people. We need God's people. Another year comes. It's here. New Year's resolution. More important than losing weight. More important than stop cussing. More important than stop dipping is God's people. You know that? If you made a new resolution to quit dipping, put that aside. Go ahead and dip this year, but get connected with God's people. You're welcome. God bless you. And all you Copenhagen heads, God bless you. I'm just trying to emphasize how important that is God's people. So, I don't know if it's proper English or not, but I'm sure the proper English people are going to talk to me after church today. But every time before I preach this year, Lord willing, we are going to look at each other, and people who are new aren't going to get it the first week. They'll get it the next week. And and we will stand and we'll look at each other and we will begin by saying the word of God. Say it maybe. Gotta get ready. Oh back up. Ready? The word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of God is all we need, and we need each desperately. So this year, the Word of God the Spirit of God, which is prayer, and the people of God. Okay? All right. There's a group of us that meets every Monday morning at 6 o'clock in the coffee bar area, and we pray. We have some word, and we pray. We spend a little time together every Monday morning. And we pray for the needs that each one has, but we basically pray for workers for the harvest. We pray for open doors for the gospel in our community. We pray that we will grow in our ability to share the good news clearly in our community. And we pray that people will be saved. And we will now pray for Brenda Smith. We will pray for our others who are sick. And if you have gone through some hard times this uh last year you have been prayed for on Monday mornings. Other times as well, but certainly on Monday mornings. Okay? All right. The scripture for today, the word for today. First Samuel chapter 16. First Samuel chapter 16. And this is the second sermon on our s- series of lessons about the life of David. And today we discover three ways of God. Now. There is only one way to God, that is through Jesus Christ our Lord. However, there are many ways of God. There are many participations that we can have with God. There are many ways that God demonstrates his character in our world. And so today we're going to learn about three. So, 1 Samuel chapter 16. Now verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel... We learn from that little verse, little part of that first verse, the Lord spoke, the Lord speaks. The Lord speaks even today. We understand that today in these New Testament days, the Lord speaks through his son. As we read the word of God, as we pray through the spirit of God, and as we are around the people of God, the Lord speaks to us through those three ways. We also know that he speaks to us through things in the world, but the Lord speaks. You got to realize the Lord speaks. He says to He says to Saul, to, to uh, Samuel, the Lord does. You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse. Who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. So Samuel's in a he's in a tough spot. He's between a rock and a hard place. Now, in this passage of scripture, we learn one of the ways of God, and here's the way of God. When you are in a crisis, when you are between a rock and a hard place, when you are in a bad spot, listen, because God is speaking to you. When you are in a pickle, when you're in a crisis situation, listen, God is speaking to you. The truth is God has already spoken to you probably a majority of the time, Perhaps you haven't heard it yet or you haven't been listening or you need to be aware of that word that he's spoken to you. I've learned through the years that when people are in a crisis and we get together and they begin to share with me their crisis situation and they ask what I think they should do, I I, I always ask this question, before we do that, what's the Lord already told you to do? Let's think about that. What, what can you not get away from? As you pray, what keeps on coming to your mind, to your heart? What, what awareness are you having? Now, typically, normally, it's usually the response in the crisis is something the Lord has already told us to do. If you've been offended, forgive. But wait a minute, I can't forgive. that. That's beside the point. If you've been offended, you forgive. That's what you do. If the offense has caused the crisis, you forgive. The Lord has already spoken to you. We forgive our enemies. We love our enemies. We bless our enemies. And so that is God's word to us. Already, God has already spoken to us. If, if we need to forgive someone, well, there you go. God's already spoken to us. But if it's one of the 10% of things that aren't clearly defined in scripture and in the things, the specific things, the details, left turn, right turn, straight ahead. What do we do? Do we retreat? Do we move forward? What do we do? The Lord speaks. And the Lord spoke to Saul, I mean to Samuel here. He said to Samuel, Take a heifer with you and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. See, the Lord told Samuel what to do. Go to Bethlehem, take your heifer with you, You're going there to sacrifice. Invite Jesse and his sons to the sacrifice. If you do that, Saul will not bother you. And so here Samuel is between a rock and a hard place. And and the Lord showed him, spoke to him and told him what to do. And he obeyed and Saul did not harass him. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed in verse four. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace when the prophet of God shows up? Boy, it's a difficult time. Oh my gosh, Samuel has come to town. Yes, in verse five, Samuel replied, I have come to sacrifice the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse, and his sons, and invited them to the sacrifice too. In every problem you face, listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord. He is speaking. He will speak. God doesn't let his children go through hard times without instruction of what to do. Now, If you want to think about it this way, think about it. No parent is going to allow their children to go through a hard time without some instruction and using our experiences, and God is the perfect one. He's not going to let us go through it blindly. The only time we go through crises blindly is when we're not hearing the Lord and we're not obeying the Lord. The second way of God we have here in the Scripture Boy, this is very relevant for our day and time. People look at the outside, but God looks at the inside. So, God has had enough of Saul. He's anointing another king. And here they go. Here goes the selection of the king. When they arrived, verse 6, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed, anointed, the oldest son, probably a tall son as we'll read here in just a moment, probably a, a good looking son, physically, you know, appealing. When you go to the ball games, you sit there and you watch the teams come out and we always do it, don't we? The little crowd and look across the way and we spend all our time looking at how big and how pretty those other players are. Tall, big, fast, looking good. And they all look good until the first snap of the game, for the snap of the ball. And then you find out real quickly, oh, they're not there. We're going to hit them and hit them and hit them. And when it comes to the fourth quarter, the, the truth of the matter is they're tired of being hit and they don't want anymore. And the little boys from Lido, of course, they're getting bigger each year, are still going with all their heart. And that's the secret right there, isn't it? Now, you look at people from the outside. They can be really deceiving. God doesn't look at the outside, God looks at the inside. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. So Eliab just wasn't the right one. And we'll find out next week a reason why he's not the right one and David is the right one. And it has nothing to do with the outward appearance. It has to do with what's on the inside. Now, the reason why we look at the outside of people is because it's easier to see and measure. It takes time to see what the heart is all about. But in the, in the work of God, in the kingdom of God, in, in the realm of God's Spirit's working, we need to look on the inside and not the outside. Because what matters is the heart. Not how people look, but who people are. Now, we live in a world of beautiful people in a beautiful place. I've got a whole, whole theory about all that, but there's no question about that. Uh, we live in a place where there's far more prettier people than ugly people by percentage in other places. We're kind of like Stepford Wives community. And the reason why that is, is prettier people make more money. They just do. Prettier people get to the first of the line. Prettier people get the nod. Prettier people get the job. That's just the way it is in our world. They've proven that. And I believe I've proven that with my unscientific uh, uh, tests that I've run through the years. I've stood in a line, doesn't matter if it's Walmart, if it's uh, Gibson's, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's Home Depot. I've stood in a line, been somewhere, and there's two or three of us standing in one place, and there's one pretty person there, and they always ask the pretty person what they need. I've been standing here an hour longer than they have. And they bypass me and they ask them. You know, now, if I'm in a spot and I'm the prettiest one, they ask me first. It feels good to leave Home Depot and believe in that man's eyes, you're the prettiest one of the three. (laughs) But that's not what God sees. That's not what God sees. Don't judge your life by what God doesn't pay attention to. Now, if you're comparing yourself with other people all the time and you're comparing yourself and in the outside image is what you're comparing yourself to, you're making a real mistake. It'll always disappoint you. Compare yourself by how God compares you. He looks at your heart. He doesn't look how thin you are. He doesn't look how pretty your hair is. He doesn't care if you don't have hair. He doesn't. He loves those with no hair. I got five right there. Got five. Why do you grow a beard? It's the place I can grow hair. I guarantee it I'm going to grow hair. I want to see some hair sometimes. Boy, we get eat up with Image long time ago, a guy took me in a record store, back when they had record stores, and he opened my eyes to something that I think is true, true, true. He said, Lee, go through and look at all those albums. Back in the day of a record store and albums. You have to go to a museum now to see that. And I started looking at the albums. I said, look at all those albums. Look at all those albums. Now let's go look at the country albums. Look at the country albums. Now look at the rock and roll. Now look at the Christian albums. All right, I looked at them. He said, you see any ugly people on the cover of those albums? I went, well, the rock and roll boys, yeah. But he said, in that Christian group there for sure, you see any ugly people? Well, no, they're all beautiful people. He goes, ugly people don't make it anymore in the music business. I went, you've got to be kidding me. That's not God's way. How horrible that is today. How horrible that is. And we're eat up with it. We're eat up with looking at the outside. Verse 8, then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemaah. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. That's interesting, isn't it? That might say, no, wait a minute, Lee. Here it is, it's clear. David was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. That's not why the Lord chose him. That was just the cherry on the top. When you go looking for a pastor one day, don't discard the ugly ones. It might be the one with the heart for God for you. If he happens to be pretty, then you might go on TV It's it's the cherry on the top. He wasn't chosen because he was a handsome fella. He was chosen because of his heart. But it just so happened, the scripture does say, he had beautiful eyes. He had some pretty eyes going for him. Dark and handsome. No tanning bed for him. He was out in the sun all day. And they're dark-complected anyway. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. This is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with all the oil. With the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. There you go. David was chosen because of his heart. We know that David was a man after God's own heart. Avoid looking at appearances as important. What matters is your heart. What matters is your character. What matters is what you're made of inside. That's what God does. That's that's what God looks for in His anointing, in His choosing of His leader. The third lesson, the third way of God here today is God puts His people in the right places with the right skills for His purpose. Verse 14. Now, see if this doesn't mess up your, your uh, well-defined uh, theology of how God does things. Now, the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul, and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Wow. The Lord left Saul and sent to replace his presence, a tormenting spirit that worked in Saul's life and filled him with depression and fear. We're going to find out in our study, made Saul paranoid. He was just absolutely just a train wreck. All messed up, but controlled with depression and fear. And the Lord sent that spirit to trouble him. It was an evil spirit he sent, allowed to go there and trouble him. Some of Saul's servants said to him, a tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play the harp. Wherever, Whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you, he will play soothing mu- music and you will soon be well again. So you have here God putting the right person in the right place with the right skills to accomplish His purpose. One of his servants said to Saul, One of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented heart player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He is also a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say, Send me your son David, the shepherd. Jesse responded by sending David to Saul, along with a young goat, a donkey loaded with bread, and a wineskin full of wine. So David went to Saul and began serving him. Saul loved David very much, and David became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, asking, Please let David remain in my service, for I am very pleased with him. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp, then Saul would feel better, and the tormenting spirit would go away. Now, does that mess with you a little bit? What's going on here? Well, this is what's going on. The Lord sent a troubling spirit to trouble Saul. He's judging Saul, and this is judgment. He's making Saul miserable. There's no question about that. And what he's also doing here, he is working, rearranging, orchestrating things, people and events, to place David in the king's world to get him close to Saul so he could learn What a king does and doesn't do. To learn what a king should do and shouldn't do. To let him know how government works, how leadership works. And he positioned David, already anointed David, already has the hand of the Lord on him, already with the right skills, the right person, a heart player of all things. Can you imagine a shepherd being a heart player? Well, perhaps you can imagine that. Can you imagine a brave warrior, a great fighter being a heart player? All those music lessons paid off, Jesse thought. <laughs> A harp player. And he places him in King's home. And here, when the troubling spirit would cause Saul to be overwhelmed with depression and fear, David would play his harp, and the king was relieved of his fear and his depression. God orchestrated all that. God is at work here. God puts His people in the right places with the right skills for His purpose. Consider His plan. Obey His plan. Listen to His words. Listen to His instructions to you. Obey them. When God begins to put His hand on you and He takes you from one place and puts you in another place, He separates you from one group and puts you in another group, David left the shepherd business. David left his family. He's no longer in the fields of Bethlehem. No longer in those shepherd fields. He's now in the king's home, in the king's palace. He's doing a different job now. He's playing the harp instead of shepherding the sheep. And the goats has a different assignment. God is at work. And God is positioning David in a place where he can get exactly what he needs for the next step. And God had already given him the skills that he would need to be able to do what God wants in His purpose. We learn, when you are in a crisis... Listen and do what God says to do. We learn. Don't look at the outside. Don't look at the outside. Don't, don't, don't force yourself into the worldview that we have in here in, in our world, in America, that only the tall should be listened to. Only the pretty, only the handsome should be paid attention to. Don't compare yourself with what you perceive to be the pretty people because what matters is the heart. Now, if the heart is right with God and they happen to be pretty, well, that's okay, but that's not what God looks at. And remember, God puts His people in the right places with the right skills for His purpose. Hearing, believing, Do what he says. Jesus said, what good is it to hear my voice and not do what I say? And not do what I say. Remember, there's only one way to God, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ. If right now the Holy Spirit is making you aware of your need for God, of salvation, if you have not received Jesus by faith, this morning, this day, give your life to Christ. Believe in Him, trust in Him. As He presents to you your sin, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Agree with God about your sin and confess your sin to Him and ask for His wonderful forgiveness, which He will give. If we, are, if we confess our sin to God, He is faithful and just and He will forgive us of all of our sins, and He'll cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You can be born again today. You can receive Christ. There's only one way to God through Jesus Christ. Only one way of salvation, Jesus, and through what He did for us on the cross. But there are many ways of God. Say with me, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of god is all we need and we need each desperately amen lord be with us guide us father may your spirit work in our hearts today may we be open to learn from the lesson we have today from first samuel chapter 16 we praise you lord i want to thank you father that that you have provided us a good clear picture of worship this morning as those beautiful ladies heard that the fees for their children's school was paid for so their kids can go to school this semester and they responded with just praise to you we rejoice in that oh lord help us to learn to worship even more from our heart in jesus name amen ushers come forward